On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The Rewatchables is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, as well as the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find 10 questions with Kyle Brandt. What do we have? Give us a couple episodes that are coming, Kyle. Oh, my gosh. We got Eli Manning. We got Mark Cuban. We got Nate Burleson and a, a crazy Dennis Quaid who says he's the sports movie king, Bill. I, don't, I think he has a decent case. So I'm not against it. So you can hear all the new episodes on Spotify. We put the entire library everywhere. Yeah. So if you want to hear, I think you did, what, 32 episodes in the yeah. past. You can just go. Go to uh, any other platform that's not Spotify, and you will find them. And you can dive into them, including the one that I did, which was, uh, I think I did the worst from the Q&A standpoint out at, of at just about anybody who was on there, right? Me and Steve you're, Smith you're saving the Steve Smith Sr., Ice Up Son, is the only one with a shittier score than you, Bill. But you got four out of ten, and uh, Eli Manning uh, dunked on you. Let's just put it that. It wouldn't be the first time. Well, I think it was stacked against me intentionally, and I have a lot of lot of uh, lot of bitterness about it. But coming up, Kyle and I are going to do a movie that we both love. We're the disease. This movie is the cure. Cobra's next. Rocky, Rambo, and now Cobra. All American heroes. Marion Cobretti. I always wanted to have a tougher one myself. Like what? Alice. Stallone is Cobra. America's Son. Rated R. Now playing at a theater near you. All right, Kyle Brain is here. Um, Cobra came out in 1986. It was considered to be kind of an action horror movie. It's now a comedy. It's now one of the funniest movies of the 80s. It makes me laugh the hardest. It is about excess, narcissism. Um, it's the tail end of this Dirty Harry era that really lasted for a decade and a half. And the Amazon description reads as such. Okay. Sylvester Stallone plays his toughest character yet as a police officer dirtier than Harry who must protect a beautiful witness from a cult of serial killers. This movie had a cult of mm -hmm. serial killers. Usually serial killers, they act alone. I don't know if you've watched a lot of serial killer documentaries. Sure. They're usually loners. They're, they, nobody really sees it coming. No. The, this one, they were on Craigslist, even though they didn't have the internet in 1986. They, <laughs> they formed a cult of serial killers. What is the most ridiculous thing about this movie to you 35 years later? Um, well, Bill, I, I, I want everyone to know just for solidarity is that character actually, I'm going to do this entire show with, with a match in my mouth and, uh, <laughs> I'm only doing this because I couldn't find two axes to bang together. Um, <laughs> I think it's that, 
I think it is the the group of people in what appears to be a drained swimming pool, just inexplicably with no context, banging axes together interminably. And some of them are in suits and some of them are sweating. Um, but I'm with you. It's a hilarious movie. And I have to tell you both, something I get a, a, a kick out of it also makes me laugh, is yeah. that I know now, because I've done through enough, enough, through enough of these, there's going to be a faction of the rewatchables hive that is like, Cobra, seriously, you haven't done Citizen Kane, you're gonna do Cobra? Goddamn right we're doing Cobra. It's Stallone's funniest movie. You're all over it, it's hilarious. Well, it's also, we, we've been celebrating the kind of the growth, the birth and growth of action movies over the 80s. So we've done yeah. a lot of this stuff, peaking with like Lethal Weapon 1 and 2 and things like that, yeah. and Terminator, Terminator 2. Commando. This is both Commando, like we've done a million good ones. Yeah. Predator. Mm -hmm. This oh, yeah. is- both the nadir and the apex of action. But I go back, this this ties into a lot of stuff going on in the 80s. It's, yeah. the, it's the decade of excess. It's the decade of greed. It's the decade that cocaine just goes into Hollywood and blows everyone's brains out. There's no self-awareness at all. We don't have mm -hmm. the internet making fun of people. There, it's still like even the magazine and Premier Magazine, all that stuff, that hasn't really formed yet until the late 80s where we start having real writers going, What's going on here? How did these people not see that? So you have Stallone, who's not only probably the biggest star in the world at the time, but yep. one of the biggest action stars of all time. And he's on a run. He he had Rocky III First Blood, kind of stumbles with Rhinestone, comes back, Rambo II, Rocky IV, mm -hmm. right next to each other. And at that point, it's like Stallone is a money machine. This man can do no wrong. <laughs> and it turns out he could do wrong. I know. And yet he didn't do wrong because I'm glad he made this movie. I'm so glad it exists. I think it's a weirdly important Stallone movie. He's cast his real life girlfriend, Brigitte Nielsen in this, who he does in two movies in a row, just puts her in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's just like where Stallone goes off the rails, but at the same time, I'm right there with him, loving it. Oh, it, the ride of our lives. And I, I, if no one ever saw this or missed this, I would describe it like this. At that point, at this point, Stallone, he's got his boxer and he's got his soldier. This is his cop. Like, this is going to be Rocky, Rambo, and Cobra, and we're going to do six movies and sequels, and it's going to kill. And I would say watching this movie, I think the reason I love it so much, Bill, is because Stallone is so drunk on himself and his ego. And in, I don't, and he's done some whoppers, but I don't think there's a Stallone movie you watch where it's more apparent that if you were on the set, there is nobody saying, Sly, no, we can't do that, Sly. It's too ridiculous. I have to put my foot down. Everyone just let him do whatever he wanted and Sly cooks and it's way over the top. Well, I'm going to do half-assed internet research now because okay, I think it's an it. important add to your point. Just some some categories. So Stallone has lost his mind at this point. He does. <laughs> he writes the Beverly Hills Cop script, right? which um, he does a rewrite of it. And it's so over the top and it's so expensive and has so many explosions and there's mm -hmm. no humor at all. And they're like, no, no, dude. We're... So like two months before they start filming or two weeks, depending on who you talk to, they yeah. get Eddie Murphy. We talked about that when we did the Beverly Hills Cop podcast. But Stallone still likes this idea of this renegade cop. He's still, he's fixated on it. So mm -hmm. they end up making the Cobra version. Here are just some tidbits. Go on. Um, at one point, Stallone complains to the cinematographer, Rick Waite, they're falling behind and needs to push the crew harder. This is in the actual research. Wait responds by telling Stallone, the delays are due to you fooling around with Brigitte Nielsen and showing off for your bodyguards. 
Stallone doesn't fire him. He's like, okay, solid point. Um, yeah. Cleaned up his act a little bit and was good for about two weeks and then fell back. Wait was like, the guy, the guy was cool. He was just drunk on himself. They have a director, George P. Cosmatos. All right, go on. The who goat. everyone is basically like, this guy wasn't really director. It was like, yeah. like Stallone was directing this and this guy was just this figurehead. He apparently, and this is in multiple places, the supporting cast uh -huh. and the extras were forbidden to talk to Sly Stallone on the set. Nobody could interact with him. And you always hear this about the actors, like, yeah. oh, allegedly that you couldn't make eye contact with them. Right. This is a real thing that multiple people involved in this movie were like, we weren't allowed to approach Stone. True or false, is Peter Schrager like that in the Good Morning Football set? Can you can you talk to him? You can speak to him, but you have to look at his feet and you have to spread uh, flower petals like the people from Zamunda. If you touch him, you will <laughs> right. be fired. Then um, it goes badly. It goes really badly and it gets violent. I, I heard the same thing. You are, you are allowed to talk to him though if you're sleeping with him on the set. Not straight. That's it. You have to be now. his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing. So Brian Thompson, who plays the uh, the killer, the night slasher, he's got that sure. great face. Great face. Really distinctive, scary, evil face. Mm -hmm. And he was really into the part. This is like a big break for them. And he talks to go, goes up to Stallone over and over again, like, hey, man, what do you think the backstory of this guy is? Stallone wants nothing to do with him. And then finally, Stallone <laughs> kind of gets mad at him and says, look, the guy's just evil, okay? <laughs> and walks off. And that was his advice that I had to play him. So Stallone is there with his girlfriend, with his bodyguards. He's basically directing the movie. He's got a match toothpick in his mouth for no yep. reason. There's multiple, he's mumbling to the point that I had to put subtitles on just mm -hmm. to understand half of his dialogue in this. And you made the key point. Nobody there to be like, hey, Sly. Mm -hmm. And then just some sort of piece of advice. Nope. It's just Sly is running amok. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you were basically running amok with nobody to stop you? Uh, I guess like my bachelor party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like for like two weekends, we were in upstate Wisconsin, Bill, like in an RV and I'm just shot a Jack, wiffle ball, bar, everything. But that was like for 48 hours and then it was over. This was for like a probably two month period in like 1986 of just running amok. And you got to like, you got to feel for Thompson, the night slasher. So like he, he tried, he's trying to basically win an Oscar with this role. Yep. And it's almost as if they gave him zero pathology, zero ethos, zero manifesto about what am I about? Like, if you look at it, like he's a real actor, like trained theater. And he's like, Sly, like, I just, what's my backstory? Like, look, you, you're crazy, all right? Let's just kill some people. Yeah, just, <laughs> just hold the knife. Just make sure the knife reflects the sunlight. <laughs> so I think personally, I think this is now a horror comedy. I don't know okay. why Amazon doesn't, uh, doesn't actually- Comedy horror. <laughs> Comedy horror, however you want to do it. So it's the tail end of the Dirty Harry era. And I think that's yeah. an important piece of this. Dirty Harry comes out with Eastwood, beginning of the 70s. Ends up having multiple sequels. It's one of the mm -hmm. first movies that there were actually sequels for. Clint becomes this guy. Mm -hmm. Bronson then looks at it and goes, well, we're, Vigilante thing's kind of interesting. He makes Death Wish. Mm -hmm. Death Wish, which is... Kind of weirdly still a great movie, even all these years later. Totally. It's super dated. It's inappropriate. It's racist. It, but it yeah. does capture this weird moment in New York where there's like this lawlessness that's taking place. So they make a bunch of death wishes. Eastwood comes back, makes another mm -hmm. Dirty Harry. And then you go into the 80s and a lot of the first half of the 80s, it's about like lawlessness. It's about violence. How do we take the streets back? What do we do? Well, we need 
there was only one person who could solve this by himself. And it's usually a guy who like doesn't play by the rules. Yeah, sure. Doesn't want to hear about your rules. <laughs> play, playing own beat of his own drummer. Right, and, right. Uh, and it's like, he might punch his sergeant at any point. This then becomes mocked for the next 35 years. It's like, there's mm -hmm. any sort of comedy, um, satire, anything. It's, it's basically the Marion Cobretti character, right? This it's the Genesis is here for all the shit that we would then make fun of for the next 35 years. I feel like probably three Lonely Island videos alone. <laughs> it is kind of like the, the patient zero or officer zero for that. And I think the one thing that's missing in the 80s that's injected into Cobretti is there's this sense of like a little bit of a Sonny Crockett deal where for some reason he's he's got a badge, but he drives like this crazy cool expensive car. He doesn't have to carry the same gun as everybody else. He doesn't have to dress like everybody else. And he's got the cool blow dried hair. So it's like that Charles Bronson, I will shoot you in the face in a grocery store, but it's also like, holy shit, I'm Sonny Crockett and hit the cool music. Let me ride in on my, my awesome license plate. It's a little bit of that too. He has the big sunglasses. Yeah. The match toothpick. Yep. Um, his hair, it, 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 he doesn't really look anything like Rocky and Rocky Four, which is crazy because mm -hmm. they're filmed pretty close to each other. He's yep. wearing all black and makes it clear like this guy is a true badass. That's what he wants. He wants to be a badass vigilante cop, basically. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Eastwood thing. When I watch it this time, I, I, there's a couple parts of the movie I was getting Western vibes. Like when mm. he goes into the grocery store, it's kind of like this OK Corral thing up to and including him spinning the gun after he wastes them. And at the end, which we'll get to, when they're in the safe house and everybody comes upon it, it reminds me of like young guns when they're all batted down in like the saloon and they're surrounded by, by outlaws. Like there's a little bit of a cowboy thing that he's trying to do too. It's all over the map. He just chooses everything in this movie. Like every quirk, every personality trait, they're like, pick one as an actor. Just, I'm gonna pick them all. And that's where the movie goes. Well, that, I didn't know this. I love this movie. I didn't really know a lot of other people. Like Corolla used to love this movie. We used oh, to talk yeah. about this all the time. And then I was asking, I was like, we hadn't done a rewatchables in a while. It's yeah. like, what are we doing? And you're like, I send you all these movies that are way better than Cobra. And you're like, Cobra, <laughs> that's the one, Cobra. And Let's pull back the fourth wall, Bill. Bill send me five movies. They're all great. And I'm like, these aren't just home runs for me. I send Bill back like 30 and like number 27, and this includes like best pictures, iconic movies. Number 27 was Cobra. I hadn't sent the text in two seconds and I get the three dots from Bill. Cobra, let's right. do it. And <laughs> I was in. so happy. I'm in. <laughs> and I hadn't seen it in a couple of years because yeah. for some reason it's not on. I wonder like because of the supermarket shooting scene, yeah. whether that's like too tense now considering how many actual you know, mass shootings we've had Stuff. like that. And maybe the cable channels won't show that. And we're going to talk about that later. But I hadn't really done a deep dive. I knew some of the Stallone stuff. I knew like yeah. when they talk about the excess of the 80s and stars running amok and how the studios kind of had to try to start resetting that in the late 80s and getting shit like that under control. I knew Cobra was one of the ground zero movies for that. But I didn't know the rough cut was well over two hours long. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was a director's cut that's 40 minutes longer than the cut we see that has all different backstory. We find out more about the cult of serial killers. Yeah. There's more Stallone, Brigitte Nielsen. I didn't know any of this. I it was like, where is that? Why is that on YouTube? Um, I didn't know Stallone and Warner Brothers were so worried about Top Gun yeah. and so worried about getting their ass kicked in the box office that at the last second, they go back and they edit the movie. 
Uh-huh. And they want to get it down under 90 minutes so they can have more screenings of it. So the box office numbers, yeah. it's, so it's not much that much of an ass kicking. So w- for years, I've watched this movie and I'm like, this movie's incoherent. I love it, but it's incoherent. <laughs> right. I don't understand why that what this cult is. I don't understand <laughs> how all of a sudden we're in the safe house. There just feels like there's things missing. And it turns out what there's missing is 30 to 35 to 40 minutes of scenes that explain all this shit. And I think mm-hmm. this movie was way more ambitious. Does that make you like it more or less? Um, I like it in the fast food style. I don't give a shit about it. Listen, when you're a kid watching this movie in the 80s, it's got a cool ass knife, it's got a cool gun, and Stallone, it looks, it has cool sunglasses. That's about all I need. I don't know if, like, if one of the things that was a turning point for me on this movie. And I don't know if you have this belt, I don't want to step on it, but there's a classic SNL sketch with Stallone. And oh, yeah. he, he's hosting and is Norm MacDonald gets in a car accident, the late Norm MacDonald. And Stallone as himself comes up to comfort uh, MacDonald, who's all bleeding and everything. And, and Norm just starts making fun of all his dumbass movies. And it's great. And at one point, Stallone's like, don't worry, you're getting better. It's going to be okay. And Norm's like, I don't know. Did you see Cobra? And everybody <laughs>, laughs. And then Stallone goes, that movie had a lot of problems in the edit. You know, it wasn't what it turned out to be. And that always spoke volumes to me that it just wasn't his vision and it had a lot of problems in the edit. And that's exactly what you're talking about, 40 minutes. There's no director's cut. Mm-hmm. Now, we're we're in a world right now where Stallone is making this 40 minutes extra Rocky yep. for a director's cut that I'm not sure I feel great about. I mean, Stallone's Can we talk older. About that? Than, yeah, Stallone's yeah. older than my dad. My dad. Uh-huh told me the same story on three different phone calls over the last mm-hmm. week. And Stallone's like six, seven years older than him. And I just like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you, you have grandparents that of course. you hit a point where it's like, should we let grandpa drive anymore? <laughs> and you have to have a whole conversation about like, do we yeah. literally need to take the car case from him? Like he, he shouldn't drive anymore. I kind of feel that way about director's cuts with old actors and directors. Like, do we have to take the car keys? Well, it's eerily similar. Uh, listen, George Lucas went back and started fucking with all the Star Wars movies. And he's like, you know these movies that you've loved, these iconic movies, Star Wars Episode Four. I think we need more shit in the background, like more fake aliens and stuff. And it sucked. And so yeah. I get the same thing that you get. Dude, Rocky Four, 40 more minutes. And I'm like, I, th- I think it was kind of perfect. Like, I don't need more tapestry behind the Mona Lisa. Like, she's just fine. <laughs> you know, leave her. So I don't need the extra Cobra. And I think it's beautiful with all its faults, of which there are many. I'm going to take you back to the mid eighties for a second. I'm a little older than you Mm -hmm. start catching wind of Cobra. Okay. I'm in high school. (laughs) Um, I'm actually like a big brother at my school and we have like the little brothers and we're, we have this period in class where we have to hang out with the little brothers and play sports with them and stuff. And at some point we start talking about Cobra and everybody's excited about Cobra. So we're all like, well, I'll go to Cobra together. This is months before the movie came out. But this was one of the first movies I can remember where there was real anticipation for like, this is coming way down the road, mm-hmm. get ready for it. Because I, I think that shifts in the mid 80s. And they, even in the early 80s, it, there wasn't a lot of, you know, the, the way we have stuff now. And now it's mm-hmm. like in 2021, they could put out a, one picture of a movie that's going to come out a year and a half from now or one yeah. little tiny clip, everybody goes nuts. We didn't have that back then. We They would run the advertising, you know, like two, three weeks before the movie came out. But Stallone was such a big star and it was like, he's going to play a cop. It's like a dirty, hairy thing. And everyone was kind of like, when is it? When can we Mm -hmm. go? And 
I think it's probably the last time in his career he had that kind of equity with his audience. And I, I'm mm -hmm. not saying Cobra ruined it. I'm just like, I think when you're a movie star like that, you're only going to have that kind of equity for two, three, four, five years max. Mm -hmm. And this was the last movie for him where it was like, Stallone, cop, I'm in. And then you had the other piece, which we've talked about on past pods, where it's like now he's in a death match with Arnold and they're battling for like the heavyweight title of who's a bigger action hero. And you can see some of the stuff that worked in the Arnold movies trickling into this movie, right? Like Cobra has a sense of humor. What What is it about this human being that would make him have any sort of sense of humor? <laughs> and yet they sprinkle in these forced jokes, but- I know. So it's a combo of, this is the last time he was that big of a star, but he also is Arnold about to take his corner. And I think that's what, what ends up being Cobra. I think I can imagine too, that you're coming off this crazy high of Rocky Four, And when oh he, my when gosh. When he ends he, the Cold War. Yeah, you can change, I can change. And he beats Drago. And so now not only is he gonna like fuck up some street punks, check this out. He's gonna land Drago's wife who he's doing in real life. And if you're yeah. a 15 year old kid, like Sly Stallone seems like the coolest guy on the planet now. And he's going to bring her. He's, and Rocky's got a gun now and sunglasses. Like I would be lining up at the theater and that's where I'm sure where you were. It was, and I'll tell you this, left the theater super happy. Really enjoyed okay. Cobra. And as you said, 88 <laughs> minutes in and out, he killed 40 plus people in it. And it was like, great. Really enjoyed myself. This has got to be one of the few rewatchables, Bill. We are not going to say it's 20 minutes fat, right? I mean, it, it's 3% it's, it's body fat. It's lean. Yeah, it's a, it's actually probably too little body fat. Too little. I would argue. <laughs> underweight. I would argue maybe, maybe they starved themselves. Uh, Twenty five million dollar budget made one hundred and sixty million. It's great. So hard to argue, but for Stallone, that was like a little bit of a disappointment. Siskel and Ebert. Ebert didn't review this movie. Our guy Raj. Mm -hmm. He was like, "I'm out. I'm not writing about this one. <laughs> I won't touch it." He was like, uh, "Fantasy saying no to this podcast." <laughs> right. Fantasy's like, "I'm done. I'm out." Chris Ryan's like, "You guys have a good time." Um, Siskel wrote about it. He yeah. compared Cobra to Dirty Harry. He said it was filthy Harry. No. And nice said, maybe shape. that's the difference between the actors. Eastwood can be droll. Stallone more often crosses the border to primeval. Mm. Um, there, there's a Siskel and Ebert TV segment about this movie that you can find on YouTube. Really? E Ebert's disgusted. Is he? He's Why? just like, like, oh, he's just could did not like this movie at all. So I'm not Bill, surprised. If, if, if he's a plot a guy. No, yeah, Ebert loves true. plot. There's no plot in this movie. No, there's zero plot, but it made a lot of money. You love it. I love it. We're a core audience. Why does this have a bad legacy? Like, it was a huge hit, and I think it's a cool movie. I don't think it, I think the legacy's flipped. I think this is now considered a cult movie, even though it made a ton of money. There's that mm -hmm. weird, that weird vortex of you can't be a cult movie if a lot of people saw the movie. That mm -hmm. it's just those are at odds with each other. But I do feel like this movie got a negative reception. Was considered mm -hmm. to be too violent. It wasn't as successful as Top Gun. He got his ass kicked by Cruz. So it was mm -hmm. hence like, oh, maybe Stallone, he's lost a little. Then comes out the next year. You know what movie was the following year. What do you got? Oh, over, over the, the top. top. Oh, yeah. Lincoln Hawk. <laughs> Just Stallone like in slow motion. <laughs> by the way, you say the word and we're doing over the top. It's the greatest arm wrestling divorce movie anyone's ever made. I've said that for years. <laughs> I stand by it. Arm wrestling divorce movies, nobody, it's it's Citizen K. I I don't think you can do that. It, it, you can't beat it. For I'll have you know, Bill, for 15 straight years, my fantasy team name has been Hawk Hauling. It, it is every year. Those are my guys. I don't like that little brat who's his kid. I think he needs what's coming to him, but I like Lincoln Hawk. 
That little brat who's his kid yeah. somehow escapes a mansion with security guards mm -hmm. and figures out how to fly from LA to Las <laughs> Vegas and get to the tournament. I don't think I could have done that until I was like 25. Mm -mm. No, and and you would have used like some sort of modern technology too. Like this is a mid '80s kid books his own paper ticket and gets there in yeah. Vegas or whatever it is. And Bull Hurley is like the Drago of arm wrestlers. It's awesome. Well, it turns out we're going to be doing that for the rewatchables. Uh, <laughs> coming up, we're going to do the categories for Cobra, a ridiculous movie. This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, oh, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car, get in there and it smells great and you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, most rewatchable scene. Spoiler alert, this might be my pick. The okay. supermarket. Go on. It's really like... One of the scariest people we've seen in one of these movies, right? Yep. The, the This guy who takes over the supermarket, he's just gunning people down. It's mm -hmm. like really super violent. You can see that they slow motion some stuff so they don't get an X rating, which is in all the research. And then Cobra shows up. <laughs> Stallone comes in. Call the Cobra. <laughs> he's got the match toothpick where it's like, what's going on here? And just couldn't be less scared. And now he's navigating the aisles in his giant boots where you're yep. like, don't step on anything, Sly. You're wearing five inch lifts. <laughs> like don't make sure you don't topple over. Um, I actually, on I rented this on Amazon because I couldn't find it anywhere. Same. Could you, Amazon yeah. too. Amazon has the thing where it's, I like their drop down menu because you can see who the actors are or what song's playing. Yeah. But I dropped it down and I'm like, I got to subtitle this. I can't, I, I have a good TV. I have good sound. I can't understand Sly. He's, he's just, he's underplaying this to the point that he's incoherent. So I went back and I subtitled it and he has lines like, uh, the guy's threatening him and he does the, go ahead. I don't shop here. Uh, and the. Good disease. And I'm the cure. He's just like mumbling his way through this incredible action scene that ends with somehow throws a knife at the guy, does yep. the thing, does the cowboy thing and blows him away. And um, I actually think it's a really good action scene. Do you? Yeah, I find it entertaining as hell. I, I have a theory on why it's so hard to hear his dialogue. I think they might have been thinking, if you can hear what Cobretti is saying, that'll take your attention away from the Pepsi free that's over his shoulder <laughs> and the Pepsi logos and the Coors Light. Like, I, I don't know if this is an Apex Mountain Bill, but like, it, there's in a conversation for product placement. It, it's one thing to put your Pepsi and everything, but like, do you really need it in the middle of a horrifying real life nightmare situation in which it isn't enough for Sly to be next to some Coors Banquet. This, this dude straight up slurps a tall boy Coors Banquet dry. It's warm. It's not even out of the fridge before he shoots the bad guy. And um, the fact well, that you-, you What, what about the Toys R Us commercial? 
Oh, they yeah. just show a Toys R Us commercial. He's just watching television because we have to get him to him watching a newscast. But they're like, hold on. We got to work 20 seconds of Toys R Us in here. We it's need Jeffrey the giraffe to show up first before we get to the night slasher. He walks into this into this grocery store where there's an active shooter. Um, there's no sense of like body armor or maybe you arm up a little bit. He's no. wearing Lady Gaga's boots, jeans up to his nipples. And his sunglasses so bright that if you watch closely, you can see cameramen and gaffers in his sunglasses for the whole scene and they don't give a shit. It's yeah, perfect. The, the other thing, after he finishes these guys off, he goes yeah. outside and it does the classic terrible action movie thing. Oh, it's of the best. Everyone's furious at him for some reason. Yeah. It's like, and then there's a TV reporter, like, why did you have to use brute force? It's like, do you guys want to go inside and let there's just dead people all around the supermarket? What are you talking about? Everybody's furious at Cobretti for foiling this mass murderer in the supermarket. Then finally he has to do, which he's done before. It was in First Blood. It was with Brian Dennehy. Yeah. He grabs uh -huh. the TV guy, lifts the dead body blanket. You want, you want to look at that? You want to see you want to tell this family? guy? Yeah, what's we'll us family? Yeah. Um, what if somebody would have gone up from the LA Times uh, bill to uh, to Vincent Hanna after the shootout in Heat and been like, did Sizemore really need to die, <laughs> Hanna? And he's like, well, he was using a child as a human shield, asshole. What was I supposed to do? Blow him away. Yeah, he just killed someone with a shotgun. Of course I shot him. It's, it's just <laughs> transcendent. And you think like, this movie can't get any funnier and more ridiculous. The next scene, he goes back home to his insane part. I guess it's Venice. This I insane think Venice apartment too. he has. Yeah. 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 It kind of look also looks like South Beach, but we know this is in LA. So it's gotta yeah. be Venice. <laughs> Makes these four Latinos move who are mm -hmm. parked in the wrong thing, scares the guy away, goes upstairs. He's hungry. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? It's frozen pizza and some scissors. <laughs> And just starts eating that and watching a Toys R Us commercial. His, his desk is a mess. He takes the toothpick out. No toothpick when he eats. I thought mm -hmm. I was impressed by that. Um, it, it, it's I just can't believe it. It's like you're speechless. I am. It's a rewatchable scene for me because every checkpoint of it, I'm like, what were they doing? What that? What made them think any of this was good? So they shot that, and they're like. Yeah, print. That that's good. We, we we're ready to go. When he all right, so there's the greatest one of my favorite parts of this movie is when he gets in the low life's face who won't move his car. He rips off his little tank top that he's wearing. Yeah. And there's a microphone taped onto his chest that's blatant. <laughs> and Bill, it's not even in one shot. They go back to it three yeah. times and they're just like, moving on. And then like he goes in, and this is what I'm talking about, where when Sloan, you're building, a, you know, I used to be an actor back in the day and you choose quirks and you choose little things to be interesting. He just chose all the fucking quirks. Stallone gets the pizza that's frozen. It's like a child slice of pizza from Chuck E. Cheese. It's with like Elio's the pizza. Yeah. yeah. And he cuts off like a Dorito sized piece. Like why was no one like Sly? I don't know what you're doing with the scissors and the pizza, but it's just, it's just too weird, man. Like, can we just have a normal one where you have a bite of the pizza? It's so distracting, but this is why we love Cobra because it's no one said no. It, the ripping the t-shirt off and then he walks oh, away awesome. from the guys without any fear that they Nothing. might like throw a knife in his back. He's just, <laughs> he owns the streets. He's bearing Cobra. He went alpha status. That's how it works. That's the Cobra. He's struck. So then we get some serial killer cult scenes yeah, that are rewatchable. Uh, yeah. The best one I think is the Brigitte happens to drive by as there's yet another murder with some mm -hmm. poor woman who's driving in some scary part of downtown LA mm -hmm. who just decides to stop for people in a van. 
Because mm-hmm. that always happens. <laughs> but Brigitte drives by, and then they follow her. And that's when uh, our guy, the Nightcrawler. The Night Slasher. The sto- Night Slasher. Yeah. The stocking mask thing. Uh-huh. I, uh, a- absolutely terrifying. I am always, always like, scary. I am, yeah, I'd like to be in the camp of nothing scares me more than the scary guy in a movie who has the stocking mask face. Yeah, you know, if we run down the masks, if you take the Michael Myers, Jason, uh, the Scream guy, I will always take a pair of legs pantyhose over a guy's face, which, by the way, I don't even think really conceals his identity. I, I Not don't at think all. It serves his purpose, but it's scary as shit. Their nose is kind of scrunched, and I don't know why. It should be totally emasculating, but I'm terrified of that thing. Me as well. Well, that leads to the hospital scene, which is great. Yeah. The, <laughs> that go. first scene where they try to kill Brigitte, they do a nice little thing where they drive the van into the elevator where they think she is. Uh-huh. Um, but she's not in there and they kind of look around and she's hiding. And that seems pretty effective. A couple of people get killed by an axe. Yeah. The guy who's trying to sleep with her, the photographer, that guy. Right. Yeah. The hospital yeah. scene is way better. Great scene. Hospital scene, and this is an 80s thing, and this was basically the entire premise of Halloween, too. Yeah. These hospitals where there's a serial killer on the loose and uh-huh. nobody seems to be working in the hospital at all. There's no pay. I've been to hospitals at night. I've never been to a hospital where you didn't see people everywhere. But for some reason, they just decided hospitals would make a scary location for a horror movie, which I guess they would if the lights are turned off, right? And there's lots of uh-huh. lots of different places. They did this in Silent Range was another one with hospital sure. horror movies. I know Silent Range, yeah. But uh, you need to clear out all the people who work there and you need to turn all the lights off and then it becomes a scary location. My question is, what hospital would turn the lights off and have nobody working there? Uh, you got uh, 17 people murdered in, in the city of Los Angeles. This is the woman who's going to crack the case. She saw the guy and there's like one rent-a-cop who's flirting with the nurse over the desk and that's all he needs. To, all, the, all that this Night Slash needs to do is get some just for men and swap out janitorial suits with someone who's five heads shorter than him, and he's good. <laughs> I think the reason the hospital scenes are so scary, Bill, and they use it in this in this movie, is those cloth partitions are great for the clear and slash, or the clear and the body's not there slash. They're great guys, great places for boogeymen to hide, and yeah. that, that's exactly what the slasher does. Pretty hair. <laughs> And this movie just is like, hey, has anybody else done the hospital thing? Actually, two, Halloween 2, that was the whole movie, and Silent Rage. And it's almost like they went back and watched those movies, like, all right, we'll steal that. Mm-hmm. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. We'll grab that part. And they just kind of, it becomes like a greatest hits of those movies. The downtown LA car chase is really good. Go on. They have that one part with the, there's like a hill with like where the cars get to go up on each yeah. hill. and. He's driving that 1950, whatever the fuck it is, and um, somehow chasing these modern cars. But I actually think that's a pretty good downtown OHE scene. I had yeah, that one. The chase scene is like a, it's like a Kirkland brand Ronin. Like it's just like dollar store Ronin. It's, yeah. it's not bad. And there's like bad. wild continuity mistakes where like one moment oh, yeah. they're on the freeway, and next moment they're on like by a duck pond. But it's a chase scene and they're shooting. It, it works, it plays. I like it. Also, it doesn't make sense why he's chasing the bad guys who were just trying to kill yeah. him. Why the bad guys don't be like, wait a second, turn around, <laughs> try to kill him. Like the whole point is you're trying to kill her. Why are you running from her? Yeah, it switches in the middle of the chase. It's kind of like they're playing tag almost. At one yeah. point, Sly's chasing them. It makes zero sense. But I think that's what Sly's talking about. A lot of things in the edit got messed up and that was it. 
And Sly clearly said, I need a car chase. You wouldn't have a one car chase in this movie. Uh, two more. The diner yeah. scene. Look, this is a terrible scene. It's terribly written, but it's it's their attempt to form some sort of connection between Brigitte, who's not exactly Meryl Streep in this movie, and Sly. And it's her just pouring. She's a fashion model. We've already yeah. established she's a, an, an in-demand fashion model. Oh, yeah. She's pouring ketchup mm-hmm. on her French fries, almost like somebody who made pasta who's now putting tomato sauce mm-hmm. on it. And Sly watches, and he watches, and he goes, do you have a life preserver? <laughs> do you have a life preserver? What? Your French fries drown in there. And then he makes like that little Sly smirk. And it's like, oh, these two are going to fuck. I didn't realize there was some flirting going on here. It's terrible, though. It's one of the worst scenes in any action movie. Horribly written. And it always begs. Every time we watch that scene, my friends and I have the same question, which I will ask you. He shows up with the giant uh, cheeseburger and has this dumb line about, did you order this? Are you hungry? Bill, do you think that Sly and writing the screenplay scripted that giant cheeseburger to be there? Or he just found that on the set and decided to ad lib and make magic? It's 100% ad lib. <laughs> Me too. Like, Why does it go about food? And they're just like, can we, should we make a hamburger? Say, make a hamburger. Don't yeah, look at maybe me. we'll do one with the hamburger. Yes, great idea. Don't look at me. Maybe you can cut it in half with some scissors. It'd be awesome. It's great. I wish the date was longer. Maybe that's in the deleted scenes. Yeah. At least the director's cut, for God's sakes. And then the final shootout. I don't even know where this starts, where this ends. Just, just keeps going and going and going. Um, they never suspect the evil female cop. Never. Mm-hmm. Just she's diming them out left and right. Nobody, everybody's just can't figure out who the mole is. The evil female um, cop who's making her calls like six feet away from Sly <laughs> with her phone. hand in her ear to the night slasher. Like zero discretion. There's right. idiots who are like, oh, I never did like that bitch. And like, come on, dude, yeah. you didn't know. Right. And she's like, yeah, my phone in my room is working. Cabretti, who's this alleged <laughs> amazing cop. She's going to the room, see if her phone yeah. works, right? Then we have the mole right there. Um, this... I, it's one of those settings where they end up in some setting that is like, is this a real place in the United mm-hmm. States? It's basically the fire pits of hell. Mm-hmm. And there's meat hooks that are just moving around. But there's also like, I don't know what the, I don't know the combo of meat hooks and fire, what, where we are. Right. What, what business we're in, what industry, what industry was this? I some, it's like, okay, so first of all, they're right next to um, like a grove, like an orange grove, 10 seconds earlier. Then they run into it and it's, you know, either steel or something, but there's a coin flips chance. If you have an action movie between 85 and 98, the final act will be just in some fiery chasm of a factory where there's lava and hooks. Like they, that's where they always went. I don't know if it's the same one, but so many of them end up in that exact same location. It's a little similar to where Schwarzenegger fights Bennett with all the steam and the fire. It's 100%. the same deal. And Terminator 2. Yeah. At least Terminator 2, they had some ambition with that movie. So in the research, it said Cobra was supposed to be filmed in Seattle. Right. You're gonna, your feelings are going to be hurt here. Okay climaxing with a motorcycle chase scene on a ferry between the islands. Ooh. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, So they were filming at a night and Stallone, true story, decided he didn't want to film at night there because of the mosquito issue. (laughs) He didn't want to be eaten by mosquitoes during the filming. Cancels it. Okay. And they end up at this weird warehouse or wherever the fuck they were in San Remos. I'm right. kind of in on the ferry motorcycle chase thing. That sounds um, amazing. I don't even know how that would have worked. 
you, how do you, a ferry is the large, slow vehicle. Like you, you race motorcycles on the ferry or you ferry to the ground. I don't even know how that works either, but it sounds different. Yeah. Well, we'll never know. Jesus. Sly, Sly, uh, Sly got rid of it. Mosquitoes. We also, we have the final shootout. We have this guy, again, no backstory with the Night Slasher. Do we are uh, the future? Future Zero. of what? Just murdering everybody? What is your future? <laughs> I want your eyes, pig. <laughs> You're going to go to hell with me, pig. I want your eyes, pig. I want them. You want to go to hell? I think this guy's running for president in 2024. We're yeah. in the future. What is it? We're just going to kill everybody. It's like the strong will eliminate the weak. And I don't know what that means, but that's the whole manifesto. Yeah. Not great. Um, no. And then Stallone does the... This is where the law stops. And I start. And we end up with a meat hook murder with the guy, the meat hook taking the guy basically yeah. into hell. And that's the ending. Don't forget, we've also had the... When the guy's doused in gasoline, you have the right to remain silent. And this is why I've had this mouth, this match in my mouth for two hours or 87 minutes so I can light it on my gun and then light you on fire. It's the best. Your most rewatchable scene was? I mean, it's it's, a, it's not even close. It's, it's the grocery store scene. It is the grocery store scene in any movie. I will take it. Um, put it this way, Bill. It's it's a nightmarish scene with a live shooter that like has all these reverberations to present day. I watched it last night and I'm like dying laughing as we go through the scene and a very serious, scary scene. It's amazing. I think my most rewatchable is the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yep. That's I just take point. everything. I want the supermarket. I want him coming out of the supermarket and I want him eating frozen pizza with a scissor. If <laughs> If it's coming on as I'm flipping channels, I'm like, this is great. I can't wait. Bill, the, you want the apartment pizza scene or you want the grocery scene? They're two different scenes. You have to choose. Grocery scene's the best grocery scene. scene. But yeah, pizza scene is awesome. The best scene. Um, how are we doing on timer? Oh, let's do what's age the best. Okay. Opening monologue, just thrown in. <laughs> we hear Stallone's voice. Craig, play the clip. In America, there's a burglary every 11 seconds. An armed robbery every 65 seconds. A violent crime every 25 seconds. A murder every 24 minutes. And 250 rapes a day. Just that's how the movie starts. Grim, but very. we're in this dystopian, dirty, hairy, death wish uh, on steroids move. The movie poster, which uh -huh. said "Crime is the disease, meet the cure." Awesome. I can't overstate how great this was. In the in the, you know, back in the day, you would go to a movie theater and either they showed a preview before the movie or you just saw the poster. You saw this poster, you're like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> Stallone." I, it's so. I think it's one of the better movie posters the last forty years. Uh, the Nightcrawler or Night Slasher, Night Slasher. I like Slasher. calling him Nightcrawler. Yeah, uh, that's an I thought move. that the guy did a good job. I thought he was really scary. I think it's a one stage the best for me. Isn't he great in this movie? Yeah, He's absolutely physically imposing and terrifying, and his face is scary and his knife is scary. Like I, I thought he was excellent in this. Me what, too. Why? Why didn't more become of Brian Thompson? Like what? Think, he was awesome. I think Stallone beat it out of him. He had yeah. such a bad experience with Stallone in the set. He just decided maybe to go somewhere different. Stallone's match toothpick we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Cobra's car has an awesome 50 license plate because the car was in 1950. Great stuff. 
Cabretti, do you know you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. Just, it's like Stallone just... There's scenes in here that are just written for the trailer. It's I not know. even... They make no sense for the movie. It's just like, <laughs> we need this for the 75-second trailer. How about his name, Marion Cabretti? Where do you stand on that? Badass name. I, I wonder if he was deciding between uh, Cabretti and Scorpetti, and then he'd be the Scorpion. But Marion mm. Cabretti is an awesome name, and that was going to be the whole plan. That's his, uh, you know, Balboa. and Just no sequel still. What position in football is LSU's Marion Cobretti heading into the 2022 draft? It feels <laughs> like a linebacker, right? I was actually going to do him dirty and say it feels like a kicker. Okay. <laughs> it's a soccer-style kicker in the Justin Tucker oh, good. variety out of LSU, yeah. Born in Italy, but came here when he was eight years old. International Player Pathway Program, Bill. It's huge right now. Mm. Great job. The Zombie Squad? I just like the name, The Zombie Squad. Great name. I, that's Zero backstory, great name. Uh, the New Order, which mm -hmm. just seems they gather together and clang axes, and that no seems speaking. to be... Yeah, meeting adjourned. Uh-huh. I and have a lot they, of questions. They do it for a long time. Like I yeah. think that's why the Night Slasher is so jacked. It's like... They're doing like a P90X. It's like P90X. Like, and they just keep doing it. It's hard. An evil female cop goes over to Night, Night Slasher at one point. He's sharpening his knife, just mm -hmm. looking like a psycho. And they engage in a little conversation. And then he just decides to cut his hand for no mm -hmm. reason at all. Yeah. And that's crazy. basically what we have for what's going on with the New Order. We'll never know. And then you mentioned the product placement, which includes a Pepsi machine, a Coors display, a giant Pepsi side right next to Stallone's apartment, the Toys R Us commercial, a Pepsi sign that lights up outside Cobra's apartment and in the background of the fight scenes, the Coors California in a store, mm -hmm. uh, multiple Coca-Cola machines, and then the bar scene has a Miller High Life sign in the background. So they're just great. I don't know. Are they just paying them in cash for these? Are there yeah. checks? How is the money being transferred? Well, Pepsi Free was writing big checks then because they had Marty McFly try to order one at the diner in Hill Valley. And, and the guy goes, great you point. want a Pepsi, you got to pay for it. I, I understand there's a cutting room scene, uh, cutting room floor scene where uh, uh, Cobretti says, uh, crime is a choice and it's the choice of a new generation. And then he drinks <laughs> Pepsi and shoots him. <laughs> I, it's a lot. By the way, if that deleted scene existed, I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised that shocked. So would I. <laughs> uh, all right. What's age the worst? Any other what's age the best for you? Um, I think you covered them. Shooting okay. range scenes are always awesome. There's one in Lethal Weapon. There's one in Narc with Ray Liotta. It's always like, wow, this guy's crazy, but he can shoot. Some bad guys are going to eat lead. I love yeah. the shooting range scene. What's age the worst? We mentioned the TV reporter questioning Corbetti's tactics <laughs> after the supermarket mass murder. Brigitte Nelson's wig. Let's go. Let's I, go. I just don't get it. I don't. Whose decision was that? Did okay. they think it worked? Like, I, I just don't understand. I don't she, understand. I have a theory. She she has a her wig makes her kind of look like Robert Plant. It's it's a really strange look. I have a theory. <laughs> I think it is, Bill, because <laughs> they want her to be that differentiated visually from Drago's wife. I think we need a whole new look for her. Um, yeah. It's a, only a footnote, though. Like, can can we talk about in which age? Can we talk about the robot fashion montage? Because like that is really really strange, and uh, it's Brigitte Nielsen modeling amongst robots while Stallone talks to like crackheads and prostitutes and stuff. And I have a theory on that too. I think that these robots in that montage are Stallone's heat check robots 
because he's coming off Polly's robot in 85 and robots are everywhere and droids. He's like, we need to find robots in this movie and just have Brigitte like dance with them or something. It's it's laughably out of date and archaic. But again, it I, I enjoy it. I had it written down in what stage is the worst as Robert Tepper's montage for a homeless sweep slash fashion show. Because that's what it is. Yes. We are, we are going back and forth between Stallone walking through, I guess, Skid Row. Yeah. Cut to Brigitte taking being taken photos of with uh, with robots, which is probably the second most ridiculous fashion shoot of the 80s and 90s behind them. Donna Martin in France, 90210. And oh, yeah. Donna Martin's a fashion model for three episodes, but it was Tori Spelling playing. <laughs> and it just caused a riot with every female I knew at the time. But um, the bigger story here is Robert Tepper coming off one of the iconic Rocky Four moments. Sure. There's no easy way out. There's no safe way home. <laughs> Angry gear shifts. And then we go to Angel of the City, which is his homeless fashion show montage. It's a drop off. I felt yeah. bad for Tepper. Yeah, it's it's this is like the the follow up hit to like the one hit wonder, you know, like when um uh you know Chumbawamba's trying to follow up to, uh, Tub Thumping and they just whiff on the second one. It's not his best work, but the fashion show scene is unbelievably strange. Starts out a little slow. Mm-hmm. 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 It's, I can't say it's not bad. It's no, it it's no easy way out. <laughs> the video is hilarious. I uh -huh. encourage everyone to go online and watch it. Um, this is it. Angel of the city. It's actually kind of good. Didn't did it uh, didn't take off. No, nah, uh, but I like it now. I want to listen to that for the rest of the show. It was good. Angel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Another would say it's the worst. Yeah. I thought this was cruel. They take the bad guy from Dirty Harry, which is okay. one of the first great modern action movies. And the guy's a psycho in that movie and he's really good in it. They make him Stallone's foil as a cop in this mm -hmm. movie. And at the end of the movie, Stallone punches him in the face. And it's like this overt, fuck you, Dirty Harry. There's a new sheriff in town. It's like, <laughs> no, Dirty Harry's still winning. Yeah, nice it was kind of cross-generational in that sense. And I don't think it was an accident. And that right. guy's just like... That guy is such a terrible, ridiculous character with the glasses and the dumb lines. It didn't kind of did him dirty. There's another for what's age the worst. Okay. Another terrible song in this movie. It's called <laughs> "Feel the Heat." Yeah, by Jean Bevoir. Uh huh. Good start, right? This is montage two in the movie. Montage two. Yeah, we're going to the safe house. Like we're off to a good start. Got some synth in there, but then I'll Electric fast drums. Then the guy sings and it kind of falls apart. I don't know what he's doing. It's like a white snake, Robert Plant kind of. Yeah. There's definitely some David Coverdale going on. And at this time, Cabretti is feeling the heat from the new order. So like it, it really is on the head. Here's the chorus. <laughs> Feel the heat. Yeah. I, I kind of like this one too. I should have put this at what's age. <laughs> These are what's age the best. This is Apex yeah, Mountain from I'm music. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, oh, and then there's an original ending uh -huh. that when I read, I got bummed out. So the original ending, the guy we mentioned, the dirty hairy guy. Yeah. Stallone rips his shirt off and he finds a satanic tattoo on his chest. 
that reveals he's the real leader of the new order. Oh, shit. And that's, that's the like- reveal. And that's how they had, they were always, the cops were one step ahead, but they decided that was too big of a twist not to do it. I'm going the other way. They should have, that would have been a great ending. That's Chaz Palminteri dropping the Kobayashi China. Like that yeah. was, that. that's an amazing ending. I'd never heard of that before. That's what's frustrating about this movie is I do feel like if they had just a little more spitballing in the uh, creative room, there really could have been a better version of this movie as much as we love the movie. I'm that shook right now. now. I, I feel like yeah. you just told me like, dude, like Bruce Willis is a ghost the whole time. I'm like, what? That, that guy's in the X bangers. That's cool. You know what it sounds like, Kyle? It huh. sounds like you're feeling the heat. I am feeling the heat. <laughs> <laughs> feel the heat. Electric drums. <laughs> I th- this sounds like Dirk Diggler and R- Reed Rothschild were back in the studio. I can there's see a, Reed Rothschild in the, in the studio, like, like dancing, getting fired up. Uh, all right, we're gonna um, we're gonna take a break. Come back with the uh, rest of the categories. Got a break. We're feeling the heat. All right, come back. Casting what ifs. I have none. There's not enough research about this movie. There's no evidence that uh, any casting decision other than the ones we saw mm. were the ones. Best that guy, a kid, Joey Pantsword. Mm-hmm. Is Renny Santonia that guy to you? Because to me, he's Renny Santonio. He's has a pivotal role in Bad Boys with Sean Penn and S.A. Morales, which is, I think, one of the best early 80s action movies for me. I don't know if it's because I saw it when I was 13 and you love every movie when you see 13, but then he was Poppy in Seinfeld. The Seinfeld I, thing to me right away. Um, okay. But honestly, like when I saw him in Seinfeld, I was like, oh, that's the dude from Cobra who eats all the candy. So, so it right. kind of reverses on itself. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's the winner. What, you, you I don't think he's a that guy. Yeah, I have a couple more. Yeah. The bad guy from Dirty Harry. His name yeah. is Andrew Robinson. No, what yes. his name knows. But I think the winner Go on. is Sly's boss, played by Art LaFleur. I had to look this up. Go on. But he was the guy in Field of Dreams. He was, I think, the first baseman and just yeah. has, he's like this big recognizable face and head. And he's like, oh, that guy. I think he has to be the winner for this. Yeah, he looks like uh, Fred Flintstone, like a cartoon. Yes. And in Field of Dreams, he's like, that was 60 years ago. He plays the first baseman. He and the pitcher talk shit. The second yep. you see him, he has this friendly, identifiable face, and you see him walking out of the corn. I actually have the same one. Uh, Art Lafleur, still with us, I think. Tons of credits, but Field of Dreams, first baseman. I'm in on that. Father of Matt Lafleur. Is that true? It's incredible. His son no, went on the coach of the Green Bay Packers. Made That's that up. Awesome. <laughs> Made that up. The Vincent Hanna, give me all you got award for uh, most overacting. Let's go. I mean, re- really tough, but the supermarket killer really dials it up. I mean, he's like, I'll kill y'all, man. I'll kill man. It's in the way of the new world. And he's just like, I don't know. What drug is he on? It's like something beyond cocaine. Hey, I'll kill you, man. I'll kill them all. It's, it's the way of the new world. Hey, so where's those TV cameras? Hey, man. The best is when, when Cabretti goes, I can't do that. And he goes, why? Why? Like he <laughs> screams it with like triple H and then the word why. Why? Come on, bring it in. Can't do that. Why? And he's like, he really is like, he's trying to win like a quick, like best supporting actor in just one scene. And like he, he, he moves it. I mean, it's really good. I think he's the winner, but special honor to uh, Brigitte Nielsen in the hospital scene when she's trapped in the bathroom and she does that. Why are you doing this to me? Uh, I got to give her credit for that. I thought that was good. Why are you doing that to me? 
Can I, you just hit on one thing. Brigitte Nielsen is doing an, uh, an American accent for the whole movie. And there's two times it breaks. <laughs> one there. And then at the end when she's driving and she's about to go into fire and Stallone is blowing everybody, she goes, what do I do? <laughs> and, <laughs> and just immediately it comes out. Was she, was sw was she Swedish? Me? Swedish or Norwegian? I'm going to go with One the latter, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I see her as Soviet after Rocky IV. Yeah. I'll tell you what she... Oh, she's Danish, says Craig Horrible. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what she was and was Russian. Mm -mm. <laughs> I have a new category. Oh, sweet. What do you got? Now, this won't be a new category for every movie. Craig, hold your seat. I know you always get scared when I introduce new categories. This will just be for some movies. Okay. It's the Marion Cobretti underacting award, and it goes to Sly Stallone. It's okay. when somebody dials it back so much, you actually have to put on the subtitles of the movie to understand any of the dialogue they have. Mm -hmm. I don't know if mm -hmm. we're ever going to have another Marion Cabretti under underacting award, but this is our first one. So congrats to Sly. Yeah, Sly barely gives a shit when he speaks. There's a scene he's in the car with 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 Brigitte trying to explain like his thoughts on life, and he just keeps saying like, tell it to the judge. And like the right. writing is bad, the acting is terrible. Um, Bill, can I suggest another new category for the the for Cobretti's gun? Uh, can we do the uh, Plexico Burris most likely to shoot yourself in the dick award to, and give it to Marion Cobretti for the way he holds his gun? <laughs> what is that? You, you don't put it down the front, and like right there. There's no holster, no the nothing. The Plexico Burris award for worst use of a weapon. Yeah, I think it goes to Cobretti for the way he holds his gun down his crotch of his high waisted jeans. I like it. Deanne Waiter's award. I, it's really Marco Rodriguez as the supermarket killer. Thanks to Amazon, I was able to look up what his name is. Not a lot okay. of other credits for Marco, or uh, or our guy, the Night Slasher, which I think I think he's not in it. I don't know if he's in it too much. I mean, you could argue he's the third star of the movie. So uh -huh. I, I'm leaning towards supermarket killer, but uh, uh, the case I don't know. for Thompson is. Not the end when he's screaming out, pit, pit, pit. it's that scene where he's sharpening the knife. Yes. And this dude the... flexes for 90 seconds, just sharpening the shit out of it. And I, my belief is that cutting of his finger was an ad lib because Stallone wouldn't give him any backstory. So I'm going to have to harm myself just to make this guy fucking interesting. <laughs> he still has the scar. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> screw it. I would have cut my finger off. I just need to have something. And then meanwhile, the, the, the mole cop is like, sort of putting her lips all on his like shoulder. And you think that they're probably getting after it. It's a powerful scene. Um, and yet, with one scene only, I have to go supermarket killer. That guy went on to have a role as a lieutenant in The Crow with Brandon Lee, that actor. But yeah. most of his credits are like, you know, he's in Walker, Texas Ranger. He's in this, he's in that. I would probably go with the, uh, we'll call him the SMK, the supermarket killer. He's kind of a, a cousin of the killer and ghost. <laughs> where it looks like if they made a movie together Willie where Lopez? it was like two kids, Willie Lopez. If him and Willie Lopez teamed up, it would have been amazing. <laughs> I have good. an important question about the mole cop. Yeah, go ahead. Whose name I think was like Stark or something like that. Yeah, I don't I can't know. remember. Could you talk yourself into being attracted to her when you were like in the mid 80s if you were a teenager? Well, because there's one thing where she has the makeup on. Yeah. I don't think she's like a naturally like drop dead gorgeous kind of thing, but. The psychoticness of the characters, I don't know. So it's, it's a little intriguing. I needed your thoughts. My thoughts are this. While Cobretti and Brigitte are having their little hookup, 
two bungalows over, those two definitely got it on for sure. She Poppy? used her sexual. Yeah, oh yeah, Poppy, and they 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 definitely <laughs> had sex in that bunker. He they had some lollipops and gummy bears afterwards, and that's part of the way she manipulated him. So the answer to me is yes, I could I, I could be attracted to Poppy when I was a kid. I just needed something on TV, but I think the two of them hit it. Yes, I do. At the very very least, she was serial killer cult hot. Oh yeah, I think yeah sure. Recasting couch. There's two answers. A answer A is this movie is perfect. Don't touch it. Answer B is could we have done better than Brigitte? Now, Brigitte is one of the reasons this movie is so funny to us. <laughs> She's not Meryl Streep, as discussed earlier. You could have grabbed somebody from the mid-80s. Sure. Who do you got? Well, this is somebody who died recently, who I was always a huge fan of, as were my friends, who okay. um, I thought was completely underrated. Never was in the right movie. Never really tapped into like the the sexy part of her as much. It was more. It was kind of stealth, which is why we liked her. Um, Marky Post. Oh yeah, from Incredible. Night Court. Night Court. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Always thought like she had that very eighties hair, kind of like that hockey mullet kind of hair. Yeah. That's like, man, yeah. what would you look like if your hair was normal? But it was the times. She yeah. great body. She great personality. And I was thinking like, if if she's in this movie. Would I be more scared for her versus Brigitte, who I'm never scared for at all, and it's just hilarious every scene she's in? I don't know. I don't know the answer. So what's the sync up with Night Court in this? Night Court on in 86? It's not on, but she's like she she's in the mix. She was on The Fall Guy at this point. She's oh, with Heather Thomas, which kind of secret stealth, ridiculous combination of Marky Post, Heather Thomas was what one of the original down? dream teams. What if what if we double down and make uh, Bull from Night Court the Night Slasher? <laughs> we just go all in. We raid the cast of Night Court. No, I do uh, have one serious recastable, and this is this is this is dead serious. All right, why not, Bill? Just get the fucking band back together, hmm. and in the role of the Night Slasher, Dolph Lundgren. Just get them back together. Oh wow! Screw it. He'd be scarier. He'd be bigger. He'd be stronger. If you want to have Burt Young come and be Stallone's partner again, screw it. If it would that have worked, or is it too stupid to have Dolph as the Night Slasher? I think Dolph overshadows. I think the Night Slasher needs to be a new face, right? Ah. I thought you were going to say Carl Weathers as his partner in the <laughs> Renny Santoni role. <laughs> He's just oh, his great. sidekick. I, I kind of would have enjoyed that. It would have been nice if Adrian played the Brigitte role and actually gets killed by the Night Slasher. <laughs> that, I would have liked that. She says, you can't win, and then just gets cut. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have beef with Adrian. <laughs> so half fascinating research. We did a lot of these, but uh, there's this novel called Fair Game by Paula Gosling. Sure. That was the source material for this movie. They end up changing a lot of it. They end up making the movie with Cindy Crawford and William Baldwin. Yeah. And then it gets turned around in Beverly Hills Cop, too, because that was originally why they started making that. So it's somehow tied to these three movies. Two, it has nothing in common with. And then the third one, which was they actually had something in common with, was a bad movie. We almost got an X rating. Mm -hmm. And not for sex, right? I heard X and I was like, oh, maybe Brigitte and no, Karate really. Just violence. That's what violence. they did, X. Final scene was shot at the Pacific Coast Club in Long Beach, which I thought was weird. Yeah. The car was a 1950 Mercury. It was actually owned by Sly Stallone. They had to make three other replicas <laughs> to use for the chase scenes to get fucked up while keeping yeah. Sly's car safe. Uh, the knife used by the Night Slasher was made by a knife designer named Herman Schneider. Mm -hmm. Stallone was in the knives, so he asked this guy to create a memorable knife. And that knife was pretty memorable. I would argue it was one of the best weapons of 
Without any a horror doubt. action movie, right? Yeah, that that guy was like the Hidori Hansu of knives. Like he he could make like the the greatest knife ever. And it, I, listen, we'll get to this later. I got some strong takes about the knives, the knife. Well, we can get to it now. Let's do it. Um, I, did it have finger holes? It seems like it was almost like brass knuckles as a knife. That's exactly it. It's got a, a, all four of your fingers go in, and then there's spikes on the grip with the slashing knife. And in the bat final battle, Night Slasher almost puts the spikes into Sly's eyes. It's like, you know, Kylo Ren has the side lightsaber things. It's two weapons in one. And listen, I had this, I had this in Apex Mountain, knives. Because yeah, right now you I had got- it too. Okay, go for it. What do you got? No, I just I had the same thing. When we- You I got had Rambo's knives knife. Mountain. You got, um, obviously, uh, Crocodile Dundee's knife, Cobra's knife. And there were knife shows going on. Like they were so hot at the time. Like the knife is what you walk away talking from this movie about. Like, damn, that knife was badass. I used to draw it on my like school folders. 100%. I'm with you. Even OJ probably a little jealous. Great, great. Another one of the knife guys. Yeah. The movie Drive, which is a cult movie, came out 10 years ago. The director, Nicholas Reffin, was a huge fan, and that's why the main character had a toothpick. It was a Cobra homage. There's a lot of people who love this movie. Stallone animated in 2019. There was a remake as a TV series, but uh, it's been two and a half years. Nothing happened. Body count, 52. 41 killed by uh, Marion Corbretti. Huh. Okay, and that includes the Night Slasher and the partner yeah, and all that. everything. 41. All the murders we see, we get 52 it's total. It's tight. Apex Mountain, Sly, no. We already did Sly. Mm -hmm. What did we say Sly's Apex Mountain was? Rocky Four. I think it was. Rocky Four. yeah. yeah Rocky Four leads the Cobra, yeah. Yeah. Brigitte, would you go this or or uh, Rocky Four? Probably Rocky Four, right? I'm going to go totally different, and I'm yeah. going to go Flavor of Love. She was like oh, the, wow. well, a huge reality star with Flavor Flav like 15 years later. They built shows around her. She had her own show. Like she was the lead in it. She was massive for like a two-year period in the 2000s. Wow. And like right. a total comeback. Stocky Mass as a serial killer gimmick. Definitely Apex Mountain. Mm -hmm. Hospital horror movie scenes, no. I would say Halloween too. Mm -hmm. Serial killer cults, yes. Because <laughs> um, there's only one. <laughs> <laughs> awkward, awkward advertising in a movie that's shoehorned in where they're clearly getting paid. Probably no. Maybe Back to the Future still is the winner for that. But I think Back think? to the Future or uh, The Wizard with Fred Savage, which was a 90-minute Nintendo commercial for the Power Glove and Red Racer. That's It's tough to beat. Very fair. John Cafferty and Beaver Brown Band. Probably no. Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> San Remos. This is apparently a real place in California. Uh-huh. Um... I'm going to say yes, only because I can't think of another thing that's happened there. Knives, you say yes. Yeah. Important Apex Mountain. Sly screaming, get out of there! <laughs> Would you go here or Rocky Four? Probably Rocky Four, right? Because he yells that to Apollo. I think it has to be Rocky Four. And then he says, can we get a doctor in here? Uh, and there's no doctors at the fight. And he just dies. I think it's Rocky Four. Give some air! <laughs> How about motorcyclists getting shot? Is this really your Apex Mountain? I mean, like 20 of them just getting shot and flying off the bike in slow motion. And and if it's not motorcycles getting shot, it's definitely motorcycles getting grenaded, of which he yeah. also does. The grenades, it's wildly gratuitous, but they looked cool. If you really watch carefully, it looks like each time the motorcyclist is going about eight miles an hour. Because <laughs> they cut to it fast right as they're coming off, but they're clearly yeah. not going that fast. Right. 
Creepy serial killer vans. I'm still going Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs. That's my number one. Of, uh, But this one, they do a good job of the van super creepy. But I like, still say what Silence of the Lambs. What you, about a size 15? What? <laughs> you big fat lady. <laughs> um, the 1950 Mercury Monterey, I think this is Apex Mountain. Have to be. And then uh, 80s movie violence. Um, Probably Rainbow 2 is still our answer for that one. Gratuitous, over-the-top violence. Even like a shit. Commando, terrible, huge body count. Total yep. Recall, I think, snuck into the 80s. Is that 89? Maybe, maybe yeah. 90. But like disgusting violence. I don't think it's... I think it gets more violent than Cobra. The, the grocery store guy spends a lot of time shooting carts and groceries instead of people, and that kind of helps. Picking nits. Mm-hmm. Brigitte Nielsen as a fashion model. <laughs> I mean, she had the height. I don't really, I, it's a stretch. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Cobretti takes Brigitte to a safe house, even though he already knows there's a mole on the inside, but then a lot of the police department seems to know where the safe house is. Doesn't that mm -hmm. defeat the purpose of we've got to get her protected? Um, I have this bill in uh, unanswerable questions. Is there anything less safe than a safe house? It, it is one of the classic genre tropes, whether it's, John Connor or Cobretti or an eraser like Schwarzenegger brings Vanessa Williams to a safe house. And it's always a slaughterhouse. The safe house always gets leaked. And in this case, very quick. So no. Miami Vice even, same thing. It's yeah. called the un unsafe house. Yes. It's never a safe house. <laughs> and he, we did all the other picking nits. I don't have any others. Uh, there's one tiny thing where uh, there's a banter between the police officers and Cobretti and they go, well, what's the magic word? And he's like, please. That, that is a direct ripoff from the Ghostbusters script that Vankman has with Thornburg, like the same line for line that came out two years earlier. So that always kind of bothered me. That's weird. It is. Could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix show? My initial answer was no, but I'm, I don't know if I'm against it. I think Cobretti's son is there, and it's Marion the second, and like uh, he's being bogged down by all these restrictions on police officers these days, and they need him to do it his way. I, I would be into it. I take any more Cobra. I don't care what it is. Bruno Cobretti, his son. Bruno, <laughs> Bruno. Yeah, he's got this. His dad's gun. <laughs> is it? Is the ten episode Netflix show about Cobra? Is it? Are they playing it straight, or is it just a flat out comedy? Is it I like want Andy Samberg as Bruno Cobretti? Because then it wouldn't be funny. We need someone dead serious to play it, just like Stallone did. That's why it's funny. So like Tom Hardy is Bruno Cobretti, but has no idea. Everyone else on the making the movie knows that it's a comedy except him. Like what? Yeah, those or you go to like uh, you know Chalamet and be like, dude, this is your greatest character. Just throw everything he's, he's you can do into it. it. He's got the hair, and then he just goes and wins the Emmy. Probably unanswerable questions. I have six. Okay. How did you get to join the axe clanging serial killer cult? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do they find members? How do you find 20 psychopaths? Did someone like, hey, I have this friend who's been talking about this for a while. I'm going to see if he wants to join on Thursday. How does, how does the group grow? Do they start with 20 or is it like three? Are they recruiting? Yeah. Did a couple people like, whoa, man, this is too intense. I'm out. Well, because the friend would, the person wants again, they'd be like, I don't know, what are you guys all about? And they'd be like, we don't know either. Um, but you know, like in Fight Club, when they're trying to get in, they're like, got two pairs of black boots, two black pairs of back pants. They'd just be like, got two axes. Yeah. All right. Well, you're in. Get in there. Let's go. That's all you need is two axes and, and you want to kill some people. That's all you need. And a mean look on your face. Yeah. 
Did this movie invent the nitrous boost in action movies? Like you could argue fast, the Fast and Furious franchise just completely rips off Cabretti here. I'm so glad you brought that up. I can't believe you haven't mentioned it. It's not only movies in endless amounts of video games would have the nitrous boost to do it. And I like that when he hits it, it, the speedometer just goes limp. It just gets to 130 and then it's like, I'm out. It taps out. (laughs) And then two frames later, he's like driving around a duck pond five miles an hour. But the nitrous boost, I would say, it's the first time I saw it. I think it invented it. Another thing this may have invented, Hero Ball. Did this movie invent Hero Ball? (laughs) Sly's going to do it his own way by his own rules. Yeah, but he still needs that, like, Steve Kerr to hit a couple of shots. Like, his partner does take out Poppy. a couple of guys. Yeah, Poppy okay. does take a couple key buckets from Poppy. Did this movie foreshadow the era of evil Los Angeles cops? Kind of plants its flag first, right? Mm-hmm. Then we yeah. we late 80s, early 90s, and it becomes a theme. It's got anti-hero life. vibes, too, in it. Like, a little bit of that, like the Cobra thing and the violence. But mm. you're right. It was early to that game. I mean, she's a high-ranking L.A. cop who's actually the mastermind of a serial killer cult. I know. Led by the Nightcrawler, Slasher, (laughs) whatever his name was. All right, this is a big picture Stallone unanswerable question. Go on. Has any movie star ever been shot at more by people with terrible aim than Sly Stallone? Would you go him or Schwarzenegger? I know they have to be in the finals. Stallone in this movie, there's 38 people shooting at him. There's people Mm -hmm. with like sniper rifles and Uh he's just whirling around. This guy's out, that guy's out and nobody can come close to hitting him. Everyone's shooting at him. It doesn't even, nothing even hits his arm. Here's the advantage he has in this competition. And this is, you know, Duke versus Kentucky, the two one seeds. When they would shoot at Arnold, often he would get hit and he'd be wounded and he Mm. would be bleeding Stallone doesn't even get grazed. His jacket's not ripped. His hair isn't blown back. I think the pound for pound champ of getting shot at, because no wounds, no flesh wounds, nothing, has to be Sly. I I would think it's him. Yeah, because I feel like Rambo too. he probably clinched the title and then Cobra wasn't Uh sure he totally had it, so he ratcheted up. Um, (laughs) The Nightcrawler, Night Slasher? Yep, Night Slasher. Night Slasher. Night Slasher, Slashes. Nightcrawler's a worm and an X-Men, but it works. I'm not saying best horror movie ever, <laughs> villain, horror movie villain ever. Mm-hmm. Kind of most effective. Mm-hmm. Does it check the most boxes of anyone we've had in a movie? What would you change? What, what's he missing? If you're comparing him just to like Buffalo Bill and Silence of the Lambs and Michael Myers and Halloween One, and you're just going down the line. Is this guy actually have the best gimmick? If this is like pro wrestling, where it's like, who has the best gimmick? Does sure. this guy have the best gimmick? He's got he's got a cult behind him. Uh-huh. He's got the fucking awesome brass knuckle with the with the uh-huh. little stubs spikes. on them, the yeah. spikes, and then the, the the knife thing. He's a complete psycho. He's got the weird cheekbones. Uh-huh. He's got this deep, crazy voice. This guy really is like LeBron in 2003 coming into the draft where you're like, this guy has no holes. What are his holes? I think the only hole is Buffalo Bill has this really nuanced uh, pathology about how he's nursing these moths to health because the moth equals change and he wants to change himself. It's it's highbrow stuff. The Night Slasher does not give that, but I love that... It's all physical for the first 99% of the movie. You don't really hear him speak. And then I got to tell you, 
when he speaks and does that monologue, it's disturbing, it's scary, and it's almost like that voice he's got like walked so Buffalo Bill could run. Like he's doing the great big fat person. Like you, I yeah. want your eyes, pig. Like that's that voice. Yeah, he's awesome in this movie. So you'd say yes. He checks the most boxes. He just is missing the big one. And all those killers, whether it be Jason Voorhees with his mom and all that stuff, that's so you're like why Ebert. they kill. You like plot. You're like Ebert. You want a little more. You don't just like want pure evil. I muscle too, Bill. And I like that goddamn knife. Like, he, trust me, he's he's the fact that the guy from Cobra is in the conversation with Michael Myers and Jason and, and James Gum means that he has one punch power. I'll tell you this. Mm. Um, Brian Thompson wanted more too. I know. I did Sly, too. Sly wouldn't give him the time of day. He was busy uh, making out with Brigitte in his trailer and playing with his bodyguards. I don't even know what that means. I don't know either. But what, Brian what is horsing around with his bodyguards, Bede? What were they doing? Uh, playing Pepper. <laughs> I don't know. This is bullshitting. <laughs> playing horse? Uh, just betting. Yeah. I, and you know, we haven't shouted this out, but Brian Thompson, let's remember. Brian Thompson is in the original Terminator with Schwarzenegger in the early scene when he's naked and he's like, wash day tomorrow, nothing clean, right? Nothing clean, right? Him and Paxton are doing yeah. a scene together. He was going places and then, God damn, I just wish he could have been bigger. Okay, Sly. Maybe Sly was threatened. Maybe. What, uh, what piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie? I'm going with the knife. All right. The knife is great. Like, I'm a little, I'm going to hurt myself with that knife. Like, he's sharpened the shit out of it. I don't want that around. I got kids here. Um, <laughs> Fair. I don't, I don't want that knife. I want, um, I want the, the license plate awesome 50 and Great someday choice. i know you had a big party bill when i when i have my 50th birthday party i'm gonna blow that shit up and have it just say awesome 50 in the banner and like that's i'm gonna take the california plate great idea who okay. won the movie it's sliced alone can i just throw a curveball can yes. i make it what won the movie and honestly if i'm the kid walking out of the theater and my mom's picking me up i'm talking about that fucking knife I mean, it, that is, I feel like the knife is in a lot of way the star of the movie. And I know it's Stallone's deal and everything, but for me, the knife is the indelible image of this movie. I love that thing. Would you dress up for the Halloween episode of Good Morning Football as Marion Cobretti? All right. It's so funny you say that because right now we're playing on the Halloween episode. In the past, I've been Brian Bosworth. I've been Bill Belichick last year. And if I'm Cobretti, yeah, I could do it as long as uh, P. Schrags was uh, the Night Slasher, and then K would have to be Brigitte. So I don't know if either of those yeah, are going to go over. Work. Nobody knows that movie. <laughs> yeah, five five people would think it was the greatest thing you ever did, and then everybody else would be like, what's going on here? What yeah. movie is this? I can't More even likely, it. it's going to be Latimer from the program. But damn, Bill, oh, if that's... I was Cobretti, I know I would get your love, which I it would be awesome. <laughs> Latimer from the program would be incredible. Place at the table. We sit at yeah. a table. It works. We did it on the rewatchables. It was a good mm -hmm. one. Uh, awesome. Kyle Brandt, great to see you as always. Don't forget to check out 10 Questions with him. It's back. It's in full swing. You can listen to all of them on every platform. This podcast was produced by Craig Horlbeck. You can hear him on the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, which is an excellent show. Mm -hmm. Kyle, I will see you soon, I hope. This is always a pleasure, Bill. You're the cure. Thank you, my man. <laughs>